What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Andy and I are back for our final conference uh, preview. We've flown through these, haven't we? It's been a good, it's been a good little series, I think. Yeah, it's really got me like hyped for the season, to be honest, mate. Just kind of looking into the different conferences. Normally you uh, just kind of sit down and focus on your own team, don't you? But it's been mm. it's been fun, and I am here to savage some LSU today. <laughs> just not because I don't like LSU. Just because Kieran likes LSU, that's why. So we're here for that. <laughs> I have I have purposely left LSU out of all my notes just to give you a kind of free run at all the LSUs. It's fine, mate. I just I was going to say I'm not sure why coach uh, the coach speaks like he does, but I, I don't know if it's a medical thing, so I'm not going to go to <laughs> on that. But anyway, all good. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're going. It's it's you know often think of or almost always thought of as the best conference, isn't it? Um, but you know, we've been chatting a little bit about my first point that I just wanted to bring up in our little overview. And obviously we've been putting together our top 25s, which probably will be out in the Twitter sphere once, you know, by the time this has come out. Do we think this is a bit of a, a down year for Alabama, a transition year for Alabama? And then therefore, does that make it a weaker conference overall? Because I think the yeah, SEC is a little bit overrated in, in the middle and down the bottom anyway. And if the top's not as good, what do you reckon? I think they've got one of the worst teams in college football in their conference in Vanderbilt, haven't they? So, like, yeah, um, I should true. count against them. But, um, but yeah, in terms of Alabama, I think it is a transition year. Um, we had a conversation about it on Twitter, didn't we? Um, mm. that, that doesn't mean Alabama are bad. It just means no. Alabama aren't going to blow everyone out of the water. Um, and we talked about it on our wide receiver pod this week. It's the first time in a while you haven't got an Alabama wide receiver sat there as a top five, maybe even a top ten. Uh, guy unless you're really in on John Metchie so yeah it's it's quite an interesting year in terms of that um, the quarterback's obviously brand new he's got a lot of hype he's getting all the kind of money come in from the name image and likeness stuff but will that transition onto the field mate that's that's a big storyline isn't it and and some of the other programs that you got we've all got up there in our rankings have got brand new quarterbacks so mm. if Florida's got a new quarterback Texas A&M's got a new quarterback um, those two are kind of seen as the nearest challenges, I think, to, to to Alabama in the SEC. And so, where are they going to um, where are they going to excel outside of quarterback? So that's a big question. Um, and then some of the teams that are always seen as a bit middling have got good players this year, like Ole Miss. Mm. Everyone's quite in on Matt Corral, even if I'm I'm not quite as in because of his decision making. I think, but. Anyways, uh, it'd be interesting to, to kind of see how it all shakes out at the end of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to kind of reiterate your point, really, you know, about these top 25s, I mean, all of us have got Alabama in our top four. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just not the kind of one across the board kind of thing. I think it's only Kieran that's got him as one. And I think I think the pair of us have got him as three. So, you know, they're still a very, very good team. Um, but, you know, you, you're thinking Alabama on a normal sort of year, I'll say normal year, where they have got this top talent out there across the board, especially at the skill positions and, um, you know, especially across the defence. I think the defence is lacking a little bit. And I think me and Keith touched upon their defensive line, which is usually, you know, somewhere that they have as like a massive strength um, a couple of weeks ago. Four, three, that sort of thing. It's not, it's not normal, is it? You know, that's a down year for them, I'd say. 
Exactly, yeah. And I mean, it would give me no greater pleasure if they didn't get to the playoffs, mate. But um, I think it, right, only if the only reason it wouldn't give me pleasure if LSU beat them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, come on, we'll come on to LSU, I'm sure. Exactly. But, you know, let's, let's, let's kind of get into like the middle, middle reaches because I think that's what we focus on a lot. We've kind of shied away from talking about the big dogs a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, is it really bad? Because I think it is the low reach. I mean, you mentioned Vanderbilt, you kind of called them out straight away. Yeah. There's some bad teams in this conference. Let's let's just put it out there. They're not all great. It's good at the top, yeah. but it's bad at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know why, but I've been kind of brought up to, to love an underdog, and that's why I'm going to be like quite optimistic about Arkansas in a minute. But there's a lot of teams in this uh, in this conference where you think if you put them up against the like your Michigans, your maybe Michigan's a bad one, like your Wisconsin's and your kind of Oregon's and USC and stuff like that, that that you'll you'd be like favour the non-SEC team nearly every day of the week, wouldn't you? Mm. So yeah, I see exactly what you mean. And, and it's the same for like your Arkansas and your Ole Miss and stuff like that. On on a, they're all kind of they're they're above average, but they're not in the upper echelons of their kind of royalty in terms of mm. SEC football, are they? But then you turn around and you look at the top teams and you think again are these programs just like too good for the rest of them Texas A&M's really exciting for me this year really mm. kind of like all quarterback dependent but they've got a lot of talent around him to, to kind of set them in and and the same with with Florida really I mean like I'm not I'm not that high on Emory Jones as a, as a quarterback but then I look at the receivers that stepped up to kind of replace the um the guys that got drafted last year and I look at like Jacob Copeland and I think mm. great great player could could really kind of stand up and be counted Xavier Henderson uh, Trent Whitmore Whitemore however you want to say it. they've got like a lot of kind of talent surrounding Henry Jones and give him every chance to succeed so mm. yeah um do you want to pick a team and run with it, mate? If not, I can I can dive into Arkansas if you want me to. You, you go for Arkansas. I mean, my my team's watch isn't Arkansas, and it's not one of the ones down the bottom. So yeah, you go for you go for Arkansas. Kick off. Okay, I'll run with Arkansas because I really like what Sam Pittman's doing with this team. Um, they'd lacked a quarterback for for everyone a day until they got Felipe Franks in last year, and that that for me was just um, not in terms of like player development but just a really smart move for the program I thought that it gave the team some confidence again you knew that Felipe Franks wasn't going to be like knock your door down and mm. break into your house and, and do everything like you know all that kind of scary sort of wow this guy's really good but in terms of what it did it gave the program some confidence and for that for me is just like one thing that's really exciting that they've got a hell of a player uh, at wide receiver in trail on Burks, who's like that was Raj's. Well, I won't spoil it. Raj had him very highly rated, um, and the guy is the kind of like you know could be first wide receiver off the board. So that's mm. how good he's got Burks. But he's just an absolutely dynamic playmaker. You're going to see loads of him in highlight reels this year, out the backfield in the slot outside. One of those very ex- exciting guys. I've got him as the the best. Uh, wide receiver at the catch point in this um in the in the college football landscape this year. So really high praise for him. And he's kind of supported by um Trey Knox uh, at wide receiver who I'm quite high on as well. Trey on Smith at running back. I'm I'm not you know I'm not sold too sold there. And um and he's the first time he's been taking real starting reps since moving over from Arizona State. So I'll be interested to see how he goes. But the big like Exciting thing for me this year is the quarterback, which is KJ Jefferson, former four-star recruit. And I don't know if you've had a chance to watch him, Lee, but he's just a bit like a tank. Mm. Like he is just absolutely stacked. And do you know that the kind of 
talking of big name quarterbacks, he just sings out to me, Vince Young. Like, oh wow, okay, that's a comparison in college football for you, isn't it? Big guy can run the ball like nothing else. He's like a steamroller when he's got the ball. You're not you're not bringing him down unless you've got like two or three men around him. And throwing the ball, I mean, I've not seen a lot, to be fair. I don't think anyone's seen a lot unless you're watching high school tape. So that's the big question mark here. And that can make or break Arkansas' season. But I think they've got the makings of kind of a team on the upward trajectory. I don't think they're going to break into the top 25 this year. I'm not, like, delusional. But I think Sam Pittman's just come in and just give them some structures to work around, which they hadn't had for a long time. Mm. And I think he's going the right way with this program. It won't be long until they're getting a few more four or five-star guys coming in and really bolstering it and, and lifting it up a bit. So there's my, there's our pitch for Arkansas this year, mate. Hey, that's good. I mean, and you you kind of you kind of on the hype train a little bit earlier, weren't you, last year, obviously, um, shouting them out a little bit. But the way you've kind of described it, I haven't seen a great deal of KJ Henderson. Sorry, KJ Jefferson, sorry, at all. Um, but the way you've kind of sold it there, it seems like that Felipe Franks move was the kind of perfect bridge, really, you know, to bring him in. Obviously, he's a redshirt sophomore probably a bit too young to start last year. So you bring an experienced guy in. Like you say, it gives the programme some confidence, as you put it, gives the development to the wide receivers that they've got, which are really, really talented, you know, and they've seemed like they've got a pretty decent line looking at the names on their depth chart here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, I mean, and in the SEC uh, division that they're in, obviously they're in the, the Western division and they come up against some, a lot of good teams. So they're kind of battle-hardened as well. So like you say, if they can come in, play some hard games and then they can get some wins on the board, and it's an upward trajectory, isn't it, as well? And you know what? With Oklahoma coming in uh, in the next couple of years in Texas, obviously they're right on the border of those two states as well. So recruiting, as you mentioned before, is going to be really important for Arkansas coming in because they don't want Texas and Oklahoma dipping into their kind of reserves and in their state and things like that and uh, taking yeah. away from where they can recruit from in state. Exactly, mate. And they've also got, just shout out to this guy, I've not really watched him, so I'm not really a linebacker guy. They've also got Bumper Pool. Uh, linebacker which is the guy I mean I used to play bumper pool on my computer every night so <laughs> if, he's, if he's as good as the game was on my like Windows 98 then <laughs> this is why we need Liam back for a little bit because he'd have told me whether he was good or not but yeah I'm all in just on the name alone yeah another, like I say, another college football thing isn't great names as it is but yeah good good linebacker name it's all bumper you know yeah. going in there making the tackles exactly. um, so yeah no like it like it really like it and uh, yeah Arkansas definitely on an upward trajectory um, I've got a couple of teams I want to talk about. One main one, and then one kind of like a bit of a sneaky bad team, maybe on a team that you might think that would be good. But my good team, who I think is going to be really good, is Texas A&M. Uh, and you kind of touched on a couple of things that I was going to going to say, really, in terms of like being quarterback dependent. But I think they've got talent all in the right places, you know. And across the six was on the college football team at Fulton Yards, we are all rating them as number five. So they are the kind of ones who are kind of trying to break into that top four and, uh, you know, um, trying to break into that playoff role. I don't know whether they'll do it, but again, I think they'll have a really, really good go. They've got you know, some dominant trench players. You know, we've talked about Kenyon Green, uh, or Raj has at least on the, the offensive line pod. Luke Matthews is centre. DeMarvin Leal, we've, we've talked about as well. Michael Clemens is useful. So they're going to be dominant in the trenches. And that's what the SEC is all about, isn't it? It's the most pro-style league, let's say, within the college football ranked. And then they've got the playmakers as well, haven't they? All the way through, they've got Isaiah Spiller, Jalen Weidemeyer, who's looking like maybe tight end one. I don't know if you guys talked about him too much. I don't know what, just recorded just before us, but... That's where I went, mate, but Raj... Raj said, didn't agree by the sound of Overhyped, overhyped. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a listen um, <laughs> when I edit that off later on. And then also they've got the, the kind of running back kind of um, wide receiver hybrid, Anaya Smith as well. 
So really, it's all about Haynes King, isn't it? And seeing if he can pilot this offence to a good enough standard. You know, he's a four-star, so he's clearly talented, but he's attempted six passes in his career. So it's yeah. all massive unknown, isn't it? But <laughs> the, the other reasons why I think Texas A&M are going to be good is kind of some off-field stuff. So firstly, Jimbo Fisher now is entrenched his fourth year out of his 10-year contract. Kyle Field is known as a really raucous atmosphere and obviously the fans are back now so that should give them a bit of a lift as well and secondly and I don't want to kind of bang on about Oklahoma and Texas because not quite in the SEC yet but surely Texas A&M are going to want to put a good season together and a couple of good seasons together until Texas arrives because they're going to want to establish themselves as the Texas team right before their little brothers as they put them arrive into the conference and you know the schedule's not too bad either apart from Alabama and maybe LSU and Old Miss you know we rate them a little bit lower I don't envision too many problems for this team. I think they're they're on the you know on for a good good season. Um, like I say, it all depends on the quarterback, but definitely, definitely, definitely one to watch. You know, because if they're only dropping one game to Alabama, that's not a bad season to put in together at all. Exactly, mate. And I think you, I mean I was going to hit on all the points you've hit on in terms of playmakers. I don't think there's a better um, kind of playmaking group as a whole, including running backs and tight ends uh, in the. In, in the conference, really, is there? I mean, like, I, I really high on, on Jalen Widemeyer. I think he's one of the most fun Titans to watch. Just like highlight real plays after highlight real plays. Isaiah Spiller could well be the first running back off the board next year, really elusive runner. Uh, Anaya Smith, you mentioned, is a guy that, I mean, to be honest, mate, I don't even know how I came across him. I don't watch a lot of SEC football, but he just flashed in, in one game I was watching. I was like, who is this guy? Because he was starting out the backfield. I was, I mean, he was kind of filling in for Spiller. And I was thinking, this guy's good, man. And, and mm. I watched a bit more. And yeah, he's, he's incredibly fun to watch. And they've also got um, a guy that I want to shout out in Baylor Cup, who's the backup tight end. I think he's former five, five-star prospect. I'm not sure. Like, about a couple of injuries, I think. Um, and I'll be really interested to see if, if he's fully healthy and they can kind of use those two tight end sets for, for Haynes King. And, and, and Cup could be like a guy that comes out of nowhere as a bit as a bit of a, a high, highly rated chap alongside Widermeyer as well. So, yeah, all over the board, mate, they've got a stacked. And I mean, if anyone can take down Alabama this year, for me, it's these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them as a kind of top four team at the end of the year would not shock me at all. Um, I think they've just got su- such a solid amount of talent on that roster. Mm. Especially, you know, going back to the start of the pod when I'm opening up by saying, is it a down year for Alabama? And then could it be an up year for Texas A&M? And, you know, maybe it's a bit yeah. interlinked and uh, like you say, can come out um, with a with a bit of an upset victory, we might say, but although not a huge upset, of course, but yeah, could, would be a turn up for the books nonetheless. Yeah. Have you got another team that you want to shout out before I move on to this kind of sneaky bad one that I want to talk about? Not really, mate. I mean, I was going to talk about the Gators. I've, I've kind of mentioned what I was going to say anyway. I think there's another team which um, which has got a lot of talent in there. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, the defensive depth chart. They've got um, Kyrie Lamb at cornerback, who's obviously a very, very highly rated guy. Um, I, I really quite like um, uh, Rashad Torrance, who they've got free safety, kind of sideline to sideline guy, mm. well worth a watch, only a sophomore. So could grow a hell of a lot this year as well. Emory Jones is the big question mark at quarterback, isn't he? We've kind of seen uh, bits and pieces. For some reason, he seems to be, you know, you get that guy on, on Twitter every year, everyone's like high on for no real reason. Way and, too and, much, way, yeah, way, way too much. It's always a Florida Gator as well, isn't it? It's a bit like Kyle <laughs> Trask last year, although I, I mean, I was I was on for Kyle Trask, but. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I'll remind you that you played <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> first I, mean, draft. Wasn't, I got the right team. Let's, let's mm-hmm. say that. There you go. He was Tom Brady esque. Um, 
in terms of stature and ability to move out the pocket, of course, nothing else. Um, Emery Jones is the opposite of Carl Trask in terms of style, isn't he? He's a run-first quarterback, yeah. uh, very athletic, um, but also that hype seems to like be all kind of based around the size of his arm and that kind of force the ball down the field. And, and that'd be interesting to see if it does work, because like I say, I'm really excited about Jacob Copeland. Famously, Jacob Copeland was the one whose mum walked off stage when he picked to go to the Gators, isn't it? You've seen that clip, haven't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's him. And like he's kind of disappeared from, from the national psyche since then, but he's back this year as the kind of lead receiver, I think, in this offense. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, Emery Jones, I think he's actually got more rushing yards than passing yards in his career, hasn't he? Which is a bit of a weird one when you say, like, say, the hype train's caught fire a little bit, hasn't it? And Try, trying to copy Florida State, that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> they watched Jordan Travis last year, they thought, do you know what, we want a run-first quarterback. So they, 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 they match up, don't they, late on in the season, so yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. be able to see. And they're both pretty entrenched by then, hopefully, although it could be Mackenzie Millen, obviously, as we were talking about earlier. They've got also, just a last thing on Florida, they've also got Justin Short, haven't they, who came over from Penn State. I want to say yeah. I think he's a four or five star receiver as well um, pretty young yeah. I think as well I think he's a redshirt sophomore if I'm not mistaken redshirt junior I think but yeah, yeah he's only played one one meaningful year yeah mm. yeah yeah. so yeah lots of talent wide receiver wise for, for the Gators and you know I'll kind of mention them a little bit later on as well in, in one respect so my sneaky bad team would be Auburn I think they could have a pretty tough year you know so obviously got rid of Gus Malzahn yeah. Uh, they've got Brian Harsin. Um, I think it could be a bit of a trial by fire for Brian Harsin because they've got a really tough schedule. And obviously, you know, Harsin did really well at Boise State, which is his hometown team. But, you know, he posted a bunch of 10-win seasons. But this is the SEC now, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a different league from the Mountain West. Auburn faces Penn State, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and of course, Alabama as well. That is a pretty, that is a pretty big gauntlet to run in your first <laughs> season as a you know, Power 5 head coach. He's been at other programs like Texas and things like that, but this is his show now, sort of thing. And that's that's no joke that that conference, that, that schedule. Sorry, you know, and they, you could say that they do that all the time because a lot of those are division games, apart from Georgia. But it's a pretty tough slate, nonetheless. And this is with Bo Nix at quarterback. Who, yeah. if you've ever heard me talk about Sam Ellinger, I think Bo Nix is the next Sam Ellinger. <laughs> like this, this like fun college quarterback who's like fun to watch because he makes big plays and he comes up. He does make some pretty clutch moments as well. To be to be fair to him. But fundamentally, it's not a good quarterback. And yeah. that will mean that in 12 months' time, we're sitting there saying, Bo Nix is the, this year's overhyped quarterback on Twitter and everyone will love him uh, because you know people aren't people are looking at it from a game point of view rather than a how well are they do in an NFL point of view. That's so it. Everyone but one person may I add because the backup quarterback is now TJ Finley and one person will be calling for that guy to be the starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. <laughs> but yeah, probably more of that later. You know, on offense, they've got Tank Grigsby, who you know seems to be very, very talented. Maybe he'll take a little bit of the pressure off him. Obviously, Nick's can run as well. They've got a good defense. They've got a, got a good players in defense, especially in the secondary. I like uh, uh, there's a McLean at linebacker, and then they've got a couple of good corners. I'm going to mention a little bit later on as well. But in, in terms of like their offensive pass catchers, it seems to be a lot of eggs placed in the basket of Demetrius Robinson, Robertson, sorry, um, who's on his third team now after transferring from Cal and then Georgia, which is a bit bizarre. So with all this mixed together. I don't know if they're going to have a good season. I think it might be a bit of a transition year for them while Harsin kind of finds his feet and they get some more playmakers on offence. Yeah, and not to take the bit too much out of Kieran, but I can genuinely see Finley being the starting quarterback um, half of the season. I've just got no faith in Knicks whatsoever. No. 
Um, but interestingly, you mentioned Zakobi McLean, who is my like, top linebacker for next year's class. I really, really like Zakobi McLean. I think he's a fantastic player. They've also got, talking of great uh, college names, they've got Smoke Monday at free yeah. safety, let's not forget. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree too much with you, mate. I think it's going to be one of those ones where it'll be, a, it'll be more of a surprise if they're very good than... Uh, you know, it won't be that much of a surprise if they if they're not great this year. And mm. what what we're we talking about five and seven, or is that is that too harsh on them? I think I think that's maybe a touch too harsh. But I'm not saying they'll lose all those games, all those those difficult games. But you know, their their out of conference schedule, apart from Penn State, is like layups. You know, it's yeah. really really poor. But I reckon they'll lose fifty percent or more of those games. So yeah, we're probably looking at a good a good number of losses. Yeah, which is unusual, isn't it, for them? Yeah, of course, man. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other any other teams you want to shout out, or we we rolling through into an LSU chat because we better talk about. Them anyway. <laughs> let's go. Let's go for some LSU chat. Let's give him give him his cheers. They'll be listening to us, won't they? They will be. Um, they've got some great players, haven't they? I mean, I think they've got the best cornerback tandem in the SEC this year. Yeah. Eric Stinley and Eli Ricks. That's that's not really up for too much debate. Um, I quite like their their defensive end as well. I quite like uh, like Gay and I quite like Anthony at defensive end. So that both of those guys are one of them's a grad, uh, one of them's a senior transfer. They've got a bit of experience that they've brought in there, and they're obviously kind of trying to overhaul a defense that was pretty abject last year, with the mm. exception of the of the defensive back. So yeah, I mean, if that improves, then LSU improved, doesn't it? Because there's not really a lot of question marks around the offense. Max Johnson, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. A whole lot about him at quarterback, but the way Kieran goes on about he's the second coming of Christ, so he must be pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think there's a truckload of salt waiting for us <laughs> in some sense. Here. Exactly. The, the one player that is incredibly good, and I think we should all kind of recognize that, is Keishon Boutte, yeah. who's, who's probably kind of top five receiver in the SEC. Um, very kind of explosive and, and doing everything that the that the likes of uh, Chase and Jefferson and stuff have done over the last few years. He's going to be the next in a, in a long line of um, solid receivers coming out of LSU. So, yeah, definitely one to watch there. The question mark I've got, mate, which I don't even think Kieran's hyped this too much, is the running game. Like, the LSU, just running game's always, mm-hmm. like, above average, but never beyond. Is it even kind of uh, Edwards Hilaire was good, but I'm, I'm still not buying into the hype and still not sure he's a first-round talent sort of thing. Um, I can't believe the Chiefs talking about Jonathan Taylor. But you're kind of looking at it again this year, Tyrion Davis-Price. Am I kind of scared if I'm an opposition linebacker core? Not really. Not too much. Yeah, behind that, you've got John Emery, who seems to be the guy that everyone wants to blow smoke around, but I've not seen any production yet. So, yeah, you're going through it, you keep going through it, and there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of depth there. So I'm, I'm not scared of that running back course it's all on Max Johnson's shoulders to be honest and and it'd be really interesting to see if he can actually perform and if he goes down again the quarterback depth there's, there's Garrett Neusmeyer behind him never heard of him freshman and uh, and it could all go south for, for, for Kieran and, and LSU after that <laughs> couldn't it <laughs> yeah we I'll, I'll kind of um kind of let everyone who's listening to a little bit of a thing that we had in the WhatsApp chat last night where we were talking about our rankings because we all put them together and we just noticed there's a bit of a spread on LSU. I think ninth is the highest and 20th is the lowest. Um, Kieran and I are having a little bet on whether they'll be ending the season in the top 10. I am going out because I think they've got a pretty, like, pretty difficult schedule. I think there's some definitely losable games. I think I said there's five losable games at least. Um, he's obviously saying they're going to be well inside the top 10. I think he's just short of <laughs> saying they're going to be in the playoffs, to be honest. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of work out what we're going to do for that. I know that Kieran and Rob had a bit of a bet last year. I don't know if it was something like that, but we'll yeah. we'll kind of come out with that in due course. I think what LSU are going to be is obviously now they've got rid of Bo Pelini. Obviously, we've heard a hell of, heck of a lot about on the podcast. You know, um, I think now they've got rid of him, they might get back to what their core is, like being a good defensive team and, you know, just kind of grinding out wins by having a decent enough offence and the, the the defence gives them a low enough bar to shoot over. You know, I think that's their kind of base, isn't it? You know, Matt Johnson's young. Like I say, there's not too much outside of Keyshawn Booty that just kind of really blows me away. They do have an experienced offensive line by the looks of things. A lot of, couple of grad transfers come in, a couple of seniors on the offensive line. So, you know, should be able to keep him pretty clean, should be able to open up some holes. But it's not that kind of star power offense that we've kind of seen a few years ago, is it, with Joe Burrow and, and the likes. But they should be better than next year. Uh, sorry, better than last year. But whether they'll be right up there like Kieran thinks they're going to be, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're one of those teams that, you wouldn't be surprised to see him outside the top 25. And, and as Kieran believes, you wouldn't be too surprised to see him in the top 10 come the end of the season as well. Mm. It's one of those historical uh, college teams that just seems to uh, get by on its on its reputation. And, and like, fair dues, I mean, like that 2019 team is the, one of the best, if not the best college football team mm. I've ever seen, with the yeah. exception of the two, 2013 Florida State <laughs> Seminoles. But um, yeah, that that's like, you know that they can't survive on reputation alone, and 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 we can't. You had a bit of a tongue and cheek thing about Ed uh, Orgeron, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 being um, on the hot seat if if they like don't do well this season. But I mean, I think yours was a bit tongue and cheek, but you could kind of see it, it really. I mean, he's, he's gone through a lot. Uh, he's gone through a lot of coordinators, uh, either been poached by the NFL or obviously firing Pelini and stuff this year. You, you kind of think that eventually the buck stops with him in terms of team performance. So. Um, needs to come out and, and really have a good season, to be fair, I think. So, yeah, interesting one for LSU. Um, any other teams you want to touch on or should we dive into some players? No, let's go into some players. Let's go. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, a really interesting guy, actually, who we've not mentioned as of yet. Uh, you know, I don't think you guys have done the running back um, podcast on the scouting side. But one guy who's really caught my eye when I've been watching a few highlights and film and things like that um, is Jerry and Ely from Ole Miss. He is, plays baseball as well. He's got drafted in the MLB draft in the 31st round. I don't know how you even go for a draft. For <laughs> somebody who loves the draft, I don't know if I could last 31 rounds uh, by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know what sort of position he'll play or anything like that, but he seems like a great athlete, really good athlete, and obviously playing two sports, uh, you can kind of see all that you know, right there. It's kind of really obvious that he's a great athlete. He can move well. He's got good bursts. Um, he plays running back in a really patient way as well, which I really like, so good vision. And he can cut as well, you know, so he's got that side-to-side movement, not just north and south. And yeah, he's a really fun running back. I don't think if he's got like breakaway speed, but he's got really nice build for the position. He seems to make a lot of plays. Matt Corral also trusts him a lot in terms of the passing game as well. And I don't know, I just don't seem to hear his name a great deal around Twitter or on all the podcasts and stuff like that. I think it seems like it is quite decent. There's quite a decent amount of running back talent in college football at the moment. And I think it'll be quite a decent draft for it as well. So I think with a good season, and I know that there's going to be a lot of eyes on Old Miss anyway because of Matt Corral and a couple of other players that they've got, I think he could be rising up some draft boards. He's a really interesting player for me. I agree, man. I, I took him in one of our campus to Canton leagues, actually, and um, I took him early as well because I think like, he's got fantastic pedigree and one of those running backs that doesn't necessarily need to hit the hit the hole in the line um, to kind of get his yardage. He breaks to the outside and you see mm-hmm. him going up the touchdown touchdown up the touchline quite a lot um and that that's what excites me as a when I'm watching running backs is that ability to kind of 
make plays all across the field. And and obviously players like Derrick Henry are exciting because they hit the line hard. But when you've got those kind of smaller, kind of lower centre of gravity guys, they're really exciting. I was going to quickly shout out Joe Cavius Marks in the same breath as Jerry O'Neill, um, who's the running back for Mississippi State, a, a team that is, I mean, I, I don't really know what I'm going to project them to win this year. Not a lot. Mm. Um, Will Rogers under centre, you know, not that exciting and stuff again. But uh, Jacobius Marks is a rare sort of um, bright spark, I think, on that team and be really interested to see if he can elevate them a bit. And I think that is one thing you see in the SEC a bit more than um, than others is the kind of running back talent is always really strong because yeah. there's so many four or five star guys that get recruited in there. It's a kind of next one up mentality. So each team, maybe with the exception of your likes of your Vanderbilt and stuff, has, has got good playmakers at the running back position. Um I'll shout out another guy, mate, if I, if I may, and that's Jameson Williams at Alabama, uh, who I'm expected to be their number one receiver this year, transferring from Ohio State. We talked about this a bit before, saying that um, it's quite interesting that a guy from Ohio State is transferring to Alabama, and that's credit to the Ohio State receiving room. But Jameson Williams got a lot of talent and a lot of speed and a lot of like contested catchability, so he could be in that kind of mould of one and done, comes into Alabama, has a hell of a year, makes takes advantage of an inexperienced group around him, goes and becomes the one of the top, you know, top receivers in the in the class and goes in the top two rounds. So Williams interested to see if he, he can build a uh, relationship with Bryce Young, obviously um Bryce Young, the, the new quarterback in, in Alabama this year. So yeah, there's my shout out. Rogue, Jameson Williams, I'm welling on him. What Interesting. Over over Mechie as well, who's obviously the Kind of well thought of guy, isn't it? Because he's made a few plays and things like that last year. Yeah, I think Mechie kind of projects out the slot, and, and we were kind of mm. saying in our in our uh, scouting thing, if you listen to it, you'll know. But he's kind of got like above average attributes across the board, but nothing really stands out as like a, a, you know sure. we've been spoiled by Alabama receivers yeah. over the last couple of years. <laughs> Big time. Uh, and, and obviously, Mechie would probably be a far and away the best receiver on any like you know any of our teams day to day or whatever, but. I think Williams comes in with a big pedigree and, and like a more traditional wide receiver stature, let's put it that way, to go and kind of be the guy in, in, in uh, for Alabama this year, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I like the underdog shout again, your kind of brand, I guess. Um, I mean, I think the, the thing that I've got about this conference at the minute, it's not so much like a player as such that I want to kind of shout out. It's kind of like a position group. There's a lot of good corners in this conference this year. You know, and if we're if we're kind of looking at the the wide receiver talent that we're talking about, I think it's going to be a great battle across the board because it's not like one team has got like all of them. I know that we said about LSU. I think um, Auburn have got a couple of Roger McCreary and Nehemiah Pritchett, um, but like a lot of the teams have at least one guy. Like Kaya Elam, we've mentioned. Uh, Caleb Evans has gone to Mizzou now, transfer over there. Darian Kendricks now in the SEC, obviously with Georgia, uh, Alabama. We've got Josh Job as well, so. There's a lot of there's a lot of corner talent in this in this conference, and I think that, um, like I said, there's going to be some good battles with the wide receivers there. Um, and my kind of offshoot that to like a bit of a storyline and kind of players to watch, I guess, as well is the kind of rehabilitation of Darian Kendrick and also Eric Gilbert at Georgia as well. Obviously, interested to see how they kind of real real re- rebuild their images after kind of both transferring under a little bit of cloud. Obviously, Eric Gilbert was like messing everyone about. Really, wasn't going from LSU to Florida now to Georgia and it's all like got a bit silly really, hasn't it? But to see him kind of come back and like show his talent on the field, I think will be kind of a storyline to watch for and players to watch as well because they're both really, really talented. Obviously both had their problems and issues with teams, but 
yeah, one to watch for me, definitely those two and, and the cornerback group as a whole. Yeah, like interesting with Gilbert, isn't it? Because like, I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, and I think, well, I think we, we had this debate in the in the group, didn't we, with, with me and Kieran again when I think he was rated something like one of the top ten all time players to come out for uh, you know out of high school, and, and mm. like, mate, he just must be. I mean, I just don't know what, I've no idea what his personal circumstances is away for George at the moment. I won't judge him whatsoever, but you've got to be some kind of like, like you know, just not right to kind of not be making the most of your talent. This guy could be coming out and earning like, you know, millions of dollars in hmm. uh, image and likeness stuff now and then let alone what he can earn in the NFL. So he's just got to really switch himself on, hasn't he? Um, I'll, I'll stick with Georgia for another kind of player that I'm interested to watch this year. And that's JT Daniels with... I've uh, been back and forth on it a bit again in, in in the kind of group having a bit of a chat about what you know his potential and that sort of thing and should he have left USC and all that all that and I mean the, you can argue however, however way you want whether he should have left USC but he's a starting quarterback for one of the better teams in the SEC this year mm. and so if it kind of comes together for him this year he's going to have like definitely made the right decision and I think he's one of those guys that everyone's looking at with a, like a bit you know, a bit of a snobby attitude as to whether he's going to make an impact in the draft. I think he could go really high if he has a big year this year. I think there's been a lot been made of kind of George Pickens' injury at Georgia and that's going to dent um, uh, Daniels' kind of prospects. But I think the wide receiver group there is quite good. And even without them, like you've got Arian Smith as the redshirt freshman. I'm very excited to watch. You've got Jermaine Burton. Uh, again, another player who's like, you know, you saw in drips and drabs last year and could come good this year. And then you've got uh, Kiris Jackson as well so yeah I mean I think there's a lot of wide receiver talent I think JT Daniels is going to take the most of that with a full season as the kind of number one guy and I think you could be seen as a kind of surprise first round sort of draft stock on him there yeah and also not to mention Zamir White as well in the backfield yeah. so yeah, yeah they've got a lot of talent to surround him and yeah I guess like the way I've just phrased it about those two guys it's another like rehabilitation almost isn't it because People are thinking, like, why is Keaton Slovis, you know, beating him out and things like that? So, yeah, it's definitely going to be one to watch. I mean, we could probably go on all day about players in this conference and we'll probably cover quite a lot in the in the regular podcast throughout the season. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm quite happy to kind of leave it there for players. And, you know, like say it could be like last week where you had an actual yeah. laundry list of players that we could mention. That's um, it, yeah. One, one person I'll, I'll kind of just shout out very, very quickly is I direct people to listen to the linebackers pod that we did last week because I was absolutely raving about Christian Harris from Alabama. Um, but um, yeah, let's move on to that final thoughts. Um, what do we think for this conference? Do we think that it's going to be Alabama's conference and who's going to play in the SEC championship? Yeah, I think it's uh, probably still Alabama's conference. Um, it's difficult to say who the biggest threat is. I think it could be one of a number of teams, but... I really think it's all about whether Bryce Young beds in and kind of lives up to the hype, to be honest. If he does, then Bama will be unstoppable and we'll all be eating our words about it being a transitional year. But in reality, Giza's not played a lot of... Giza, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm from Birmingham, not from uh, not from uh, Essex. Sorry. The, the gentleman has not played a lot of football so far. Um, so, you know... It could take him three or four games. If they, if they like that Miami game in week one is a real banana skin for me. We talked about it in like favor of Miami last week. If Miami come out of the blocks and you know that if they snatch a snatch a win there, then that kind of rocks Alabama's season and and they're kind of dropping down the rankings immediately. So, yeah, I don't know who, who have you got as the kind of uh, biggest competition mate, and then we'll wrap up. Um, so I I've got the SEC championship being Alabama versus Georgia. But the, the game that I've kind of got circled, and it's, I think we kind of mentioned it in passing um, not too long ago, 
30th of October, Georgia versus Florida. You know, I think we kind of build it as like almost a semi-final. Um, but it's kind of another one, obviously week one, Georgia versus Clemson. If Clemson win and Georgia need that Florida game, you know, yeah. that could put extra pressure on that and then it could be Florida. So we've kind of talked about those two being the kind of um, nearest challenges, obviously, along with A&M as well, being the two top teams in the West and the East divisions, respectively. So, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good at the top as we kind of started off with the pod, but I do see it, Alabama versus Georgia. But, you know, in an alternate kind of way, this could really be Texas A&M versus Florida if things go tits up for a couple of the big teams. That's it, mate. And don't forget Arkansas. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe Vanderbilt as well, yeah. Also, if you're a Vanderbilt fan, I apologise. I've been at it from the start and we're going to leave it on a bombshell there, aren't we, mate? Go on, I, I know you've uh, got a rum, so let's let's wrap this up. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we like I said before, we're going to talk about those of SEC stuff throughout the, the, the regular season and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's get out of here. We're going to obviously be giving away um, some free copies of our NFL draft guide. So look out on our Twitter for that. I think Raj should give it a bit of a shout out. Uh, we're going to be running some competitions. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Thank you for sticking with us. Keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, we'll be into our regular season programming very, very soon um, with uh, our podcast. So yeah, season's nearly there. Obviously starts next week. So roll it on. Great, mate. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to our season preview episode next week because it's going to be some bold takes there. So tune into that and uh, yeah, speak to you soon, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.